What's going on, everybody? I am so excited to be here today. I'm with my family. I look around, I get excited because um, I got some special guests for you guys. I got a, one of the top producing agents in our office. Um, when I say his name ring bells, I mean his name ring bells in a good way. He's a very good agent. I want to introduce Marco. What's going on, Marco? What's going on, Justin? Appreciate you having us here. And you got your lovely wife. We had, we had an encounter the first time we met, right? Talking about mortgage, real estate. Um, talking about God and, and our businesses. I'm excited to have you guys here. Jackie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. good. And then we have another realtor with us, Bobby. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on, Jess? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm just excited to be here. Me too. Um, I'm a newer realtor as well. You know, no cap. Um, been in the business like nine months and I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to get some nuggets. I got some barbecue sauce right here for these nuggets. I get a lot of people asking questions about real estate and about mortgages, so I really wanted to bring you guys on. What's going on right now with mortgages, first time home buyers? Like first time home buyers, Justin, it's, um, I mean, it's a good market, obviously, right? It, currently, it's a seller's market. There's a lot of properties selling for top dollar, but interest rates are pretty low, so a lot of buyers are taking advantage of that. There's also some grants available for these buyers, so that, that creates an influx of buyers, obviously. When you get to, it's free money coming out. They can take advantage of it, obviously, motivates them to go ahead and uh, pursue home purchase. Absolutely. Those grants, right? Are there like stipulations as far as like the qualifications, like credit, income? One of the grants that are available right now is the KFIT program. You do have to have a 660 score or higher, okay. and that's the middle score. So there's always going to be three scores. The bank is looking for the middle of the highest and the lowest. 660 score is required. Um, there's income limits based on the household size. The grant is 5% of the sales oh, price. Okay. So whatever the sales price is, it's 5% of that. Up to a max of 15 grand. Oh. So if uh, $300,000 allows, you can get 15 grand basically. Damn. Hundred grand, five thousand. And what about the, the DTI, the debt to income ratio? So the back ratio, it has to be under a 45%. And I know I always get confused when I'm talking with clients about the DTI. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Ask the lender. But can you elaborate a little bit of what the debt to income ratio means for anybody that's listening? So the debt to income ratio, it's basically the debt that the buyer has. Um, it's so like credit card debt? Credit card debt. What about like bills? No? Not the bills. So okay. it's not including like your rent. It's not including, you know, if you pay car insurance or cell phone bill. Mm -hmm. It's basically the debt that's going to appear if we were to pull your credit report. Oh, okay. Got you. So anything on the credit report? Correct. Uh, Marco, I know that the last time we were speaking, you were telling me like one of your strategies for working with your clients is being able to educate them about these different types of programs and everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you first meet with a client, like a car salesman sometimes, man, I, I uh, when I meet folks, um, you got to give them some information because uh, when you're going to go buy a car, salesman is following you around, you kind of want your space. You say, hey, right. give me a few and I'll call you when I'm ready. So, absolutely. so you know, when, you, when you have a buyer, you're coming at them and, and you know, you're a salesman at the end of the day, so they got their guards up. But when you start giving them information regarding any particular programs, grants, um, you can also speak about different programs. I think that you need 20% down to buy a house. Now, there's FHA programs, there's 3% down conventional programs mm -hmm. you can take advantage of, and obviously for your vets as well as 100% financing. So there's a lot of different programs out there that folks can take advantage of, they just don't know about them. So right. you start educating these buyers, you grab their attention, obviously. And, uh, Absolutely. And you can get some good, uh, good, good information. A lot of people think that you need 20% down on a house, but that's more for like investors, right? Hey, um yeah, and not always. So if you are an investor and you're buying a one unit property, yeah, you do need to put 20% down. But depending on the amount of units, it could be more. 
Now, conventional, uh, the reason that somebody might want to put 20% down is to the, avoid the mortgage insurance. Um, however, there are programs where you don't have to put the 20% down and you can still avoid the mortgage insurance with as little as 3%, 5% down. Um, and even if you were to choose mortgage insurance, there's also programs where you can get a reduced mortgage insurance. So, you know, there's a whole you bunch of different programs. you know any names of those programs off the top of your head? Yeah, so there's, um, there's Home Ready. Mm-hmm. Um, home Ready is a conventional program. Um, that's basically the one, Home Ready. You can do either lender paid mortgage insurance Nice. Um, or you can do borrower paid monthly mortgage insurance. Most people have a conception of just what I mentioned. For instance, they think you need 10, 20 grand to buy a house. And again, mm-hmm. we've, we've gotten folks into homes in uh, different times of the market with as low as thousand dollars, two thousand, three thousand. Yeah, I've seen that. Right. Um, so that's pretty much all you need. Uh, we do mention to obviously these buyers and. Bobby can elaborate a little bit on that as well. We were just discussing it. Uh, do's and don'ts, obviously, when you're actually getting pre-qualified and um, what you don't want to do. For me, I know that um, getting pre-approved, I thought like that was like jackpot, like I'm done, you know? But then finding out if you make any like big purchases, 24 hours before closing, they definitely check again if you're working. And if you're not... Folks, a lot of wasted time, basically. Yeah. A lot of wasted money for the buyer. Right. For instance, if the buyer's putting... 2000 5000 down towards the deposit and they're paying for inspections they're paying for appraisals out of pocket and sometimes we've seen three weeks later they go buy a new car oh yeah yeah or furniture. furniture yeah for the house and that's not good before actually right keys to the property yeah now it screws up their debt to income mm-hmm. ratios and we have a dead deal so yeah. not just you as an agent mm-hmm. you lose a lot of yeah, time yeah. the buyer's not getting a house and they're out of a lot Right, right. Another right. thing is um, not switching employers in the middle of the process. Oh, yeah. Um, because sometimes, you know, you switch to a different <laughs> employer and they'll put you on a probation period. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have to wait until that probation period is over. So no. it's really important that the buyers remember that the way that they were pre-approved, they have to try to keep yeah. those same... Right. Until you know, closing. Until closing. Right. The first time home buyer, they... Um, Maybe they COVID messed their work situation up. They maybe had some good time. Like, how, how does that work? I mean, I know it's like, what, two years that you have to be employed. Now, is there any wiggle room being as though like with COVID and everything? So the bank is always looking for two years um, with COVID. Yeah, it did make, you know, take a big impact on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Some people didn't work during the whole 2020. Right. Um, so what the bank does in that case is they still need two years, but they'll go to the two years prior to that 2020. Oh, got so you. typically when you're buying a property, if you were buying right now, the bank is going to ask for tax returns for 2019, 2020. 18. Okay. So okay. in the got event you. that they don't have 2020, they would have to explain that, you know, it was affected by the pandemic. If they received unemployment, provide those 1099 G forms mm-hmm. to show that. And then we'll go back 2019, 2018 to okay. show that, you know, they that had a they steady job. Before, so, yeah. What about those that are self-employed? Do you have any <laughs> special um, loans for them? Like, for the entrepreneur, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Self-employed is tricky because the bank has to go with two years tax returns. So mm-hmm. one of the main issues that I've been coming across with self-employed people is that during 2020, you know, because of the pandemic, their income was affected. So regardless, we would still have to do an average of 2020, 2019. Mm-hmm. And if they filed a low amount, it's going to hurt them. Unfortunately, they'll have yeah. to wait until right. the following year. That, that's 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 kind of like the position I'm in. Doesn't want to, you know, as a business owner, you know, save on taxes, right? Mm-hmm. But right. then that hurts you if you're trying to buy a house. Another thing is the, the bank is not looking at what they grossed. 
they're looking at what they what that bottom number is net, the net after right. all of the deductions and you know for self-employed people a lot of times they try to expense a lot of things you know absolutely. like you said you don't want to be stuck owing a lot of taxes but if you know that you want to buy a house, you know that the bank is going to ask for two years of taxes. You're going to have to, you know, make sure that you're reporting the income property. You're not expensing extra things and make sure that the income is there. I could jump in and just elaborate. Please. Yeah. <laughs> just elaborate. I'm getting anxiety uh, thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> just elaborate a little bit on what Jackie just said. Um, I get a lot of uh, barbers, self-employed people, um, and, and they typically come in again. They, they file taxes, but they don't want to end up paying much taxes on their income. So. Right. They'll end up saying, "Hey, I made ten grand for the year." When realistically, uh, they made a lot more. All but right. then they'll, like Jackie said, the lenders will take two years and credit cards. And, and I'll jump into another subject. Um, a lot of folks are building credit. I know yeah. we spoke on this uh, previously. Um, folks don't have uh, credit established, so mm-hmm. we typically tell them to go out and get a secure credit card. Mm-hmm. Use that for several months, keeping the uh, right. the debt under thirty percent. Obviously, mm-hmm. paying it on time. And just to build credit, lenders want to see at least one full year of payments on time. Not just one trade line. They typically like, typically like to see three. But- so my bank, personally, we don't have any overlays where you have to have three. Um, the ideal is try to have three credit cards for at least 12 months. Keep the balances on the credit card at or under 30%. So if they gave you, you know, a credit limit of a thousand dollars, yeah, you know, try not to exceed maybe three hundred. Right. Keep it as low as you can. You yeah. know, remember that the point is to establish credit. It's not to go and max out your credit right. card. There's some buyers that, you know, maybe they think, oh, I just got this credit card. Let me show them that I'm using it, and they'll max it out. Well, that's yeah. actually going to hurt you. Now you're going to have low. So it's important to keep your balances, you know, at or under thirty percent. We'll try to get three credit cards for at least twelve months, paying them on time, low balances. You're going to have great scores that way. Obviously, you're seeking the best interest rate. So doing so and if you can show a you know 720 plus score obviously you'll get the best oh, yeah. rates at that point yeah i actually like coming in coming into real estate i had to fix my credit personally so I started like getting a lot of people coming to me that didn't have good credit either so i'm like let me figure this out so it was funny one day we were here in the office somebody came in i don't know how i don't even know who said justin does credit repair because I, I don't um I help my clients. That's the value that I give. Right. You know, that's the value add when you work with me. I'll help you build your credit for free. I'm not doing that for anybody, you know. Um, so no, don't be saying I'm, I do credit repair. No, I'm like hiding. Like no, I don't. Um, but actually, um, shout out to my man Benjamin Stackums and, and Josh Torres. We have a credit repair company coming soon. So nice. shout out to you guys, um, Quantum Credit. Shout out. I, I realized that the best way, like we were talking about with the mortgages, like. The more value you give, the more information that you can give to your clients, the more that they look at you as a trusted resource as opposed to that car salesman. You know what I mean? So we get a lot of folks who actually do call us and say, hey, listen, you know, um, I have a 670 credit score. I'm ready to buy it. Fantastic. That's great news. You know, how do you know what your score is? Well, Credit Karma told me my score is 670. Mm. So, and again, not knocking Credit Karma. It's a decent platform. However, their scores are off. And typically what's on your report is pretty accurate as far as what they owe in the mm-hmm. collections, et cetera. But the scores are off. And say, hey, listen, don't just bank on that score. Obviously, right. you have your uh, credit checked. The lenders to check your true FICO and you're going with your middle credit score there. So, mm-hmm. me personally, I like to see, for instance, when they do tell me they're if someone comes to me and says, hey, listen, I'm at a 620 uh, with uh, Credit Karma, I already know they're at a 590. Right. Oh, wow. It's much yeah. lower than what yeah, it is, yeah. obviously. But if they say, hey, look, this Credit Karma is telling me I'm 690, you know, they're fantastic. I think we, we're good to go at that point. So don't use Credit Karma for an exact uh, credit score because it's not. If you have credit cards, 
And obviously you try to get that yearly. Uh, you get your free credit report. Yeah. Com, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once a year. Once a year. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's another resource. It's called Identity IQ, and it's um basically identity theft monitoring and credit. I personally paid 19.99 for them oh, to monitor my stuff, but it, it's you know it's accurate because Credit Karma is a good place to start, but it's not accurate. And every month they actually, uh, so from month to month, it's like a new cycle on the credit report. So that's another thing. If you know you want to buy a house, your credit cards might be a little bit over that limit. Mm-hmm. Maybe quickly pay those balances down, keep track. Exactly one month later, the the new cycle is going to generate right. on that credit. Okay. So you don't want us to check the credit while your cards are maxed out where you could have just paid them down. Check your credit a month later, and now we would have been in a way better position than checking it a month ago. Yeah. I send you a client, and their credit is not good. Do you do you do anything to help them get their credit up? Do you take a deeper dive? And I, I look at all credit. So if I pull it, you know, if I see collections, obviously I'm going to share with the with that potential buyer. Hey, look, you have this collection. If you pay this, 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 I'm not, a, you know, a licensed credit repair person. Um, but I can look at a credit and have an idea, you know, what you would need to do to improve it. So, you know, if there's collections, if there's any judgments, those are important. You know, the bank doesn't want to see any outstanding judgments on a credit report. Those are leanable. Right. Um, so, you know, any judgments, if I see that credit cards are maxed out, I'll suggest, hey, you know, if you pay these credit cards down, you can try again in a month. You might be in a better position. So definitely I'll advise the buyer on what they can do, you know, to po- possibly be able to buy in the near future. How long do you think that transition is for someone that that has low credit to get them home ready like it depends on what exactly is on there because it can be if it's just maxed out credit cards it can be as quick as one month wow so you might have yeah, a low like in score. The under 30 wow. percent right yeah, but okay. if it's just maxed out credit cards you pay them credit cards off a month later your scores will, will give a big boost mm-hmm. if it's you know a lot of collections or bankruptcy. sometimes student loans hurt people as yeah, well yeah. Um, bankruptcies you know bad credit after bankruptcies the banks don't want to see bad credits mm-hmm. after bankruptcies um, judgments, if it's anything like that, it can take a little longer, six months to a year, depending on how quick the buyer moves as well. And what about student loans? For student loans, it's a little, if you're doing an FHA loan, um, we have to count 1% of the balance as the at okay. Oh, okay. okay. So it's actually, you know, it kind of hurts them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, student loan balances are going to be so high. Damn. And whatever that balance is, we have to count 1% of that and pretend that that's the monthly payment that the person is paying, even if they're not. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so conventional is a little different. Um, okay. Conventional, if if they're able to actually, so let's say that those student loans are on deferment and they're able to go to that student loan office and say, hey, I want to start making payments. Mm-hmm. In most cases, those payments are going to be under that 1%. So if they're able to bring something that shows that those payments will... Um, it basically covers the whole term of, of the balance that's on there, then we're able to use that lower uh, payment to qualify them, which will help them. When, you, when you're a first-time home buyer, right, and you have that one property, and then now you want to become an investor, that next mortgage, is that where it's like it might be 25%? Correct, yep. Any investment loan. So if you already own a property, now you're looking for another property, you're not going to live in that property. If it's a one-unit property, you're looking immediately at 20% down. Mm. And also another important thing is once you're an investor, there's no gifts allowed. So the bank is looking for you to have your own money. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I ran into some situations as well where I'll have uh, someone interested in selling their property uh, to move up, whether it be a different area or downsize, whatever the case may be. And... Um, they they want to sell to purchase another property. However, they need a mortgage for the second property as well. 
questions I ask these people, obviously, the main question is, have you paid your mortgage on time with the current home you have? Because the lenders don't want to see, uh, for instance, hey, no, this year I have missed three payments. You're not going to be able to qualify for a home. No, I don't okay. want to sell your house fast, but you're not going to be able to purchase another one until you resolve that issue. So for these um, folks who are thinking of selling, just make sure your payments are on time for at least one full year, if not two. Uh, that'd be great for thinking, yeah. if you're thinking of moving and buying Definitely. And, and what would what would you say to somebody that is in that situation, right, where they're want to sell, but that's contingent on buying? How how do you facilitate one of those type of deals? It's, it depends uh, in this current market. Um, it's, it's tough. For instance, this is a seller's market. So for the folks that are going to sell, I tell them, hey, listen, we're going to get you top dollar. And typically we do. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do pretty well with the sale of your house. However, when you're going to buy, someone else is going to do pretty well as well. You're going to pay them top dollar mm. too. So mm, um, look at it and say, okay, great. I'm going to make X amount and I'm doing well. Um, I've had folks who say, hey, listen, I'm selling and I'm moving to Florida. I'm renting an apartment. Kudos to them. They did great. They cashed out right. and they're waiting for the market. If it dies down, if it dies down, then you know they're waiting for that. However, there's no... A crystal ball here. A lot of folks ask me, hey, what do you think the market's going to do next year? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> so for the folks, obviously, that are going to sell uh, to purchase another one, at that point, we got to be aggressive, obviously, because uh, we have what's called a home sale contingency at that point. If we're submitting an offer with a home sale contingency, uh, it's tough to get another offer accepted, especially if there's two or three other offers on the table. So we got to do our, our best, make our offer look look as, as attractive as possible, right. waiving all types of contingencies, just in order, in order to secure that deal. This, these are conversations I have with these folks up front um, and just say, hey, listen, you know, we got to be aggressive, number one. Number two, we got to be willing to waive uh, a bunch of contingencies on the actual contract in order for you to get this new home you're looking at. And again, it's just because of the current market we're in. If you're listing the house, do you do you wait till to, to you're under contract with the listing? Until you like really start to put in offers, uh, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So it also depends on where the area is. So as an agent with experience, after a while, you'll start knowing what areas are hot, what's selling like hot bread, and so you'll kind of gauge and say, hey, "Listen, Mr. Seller, we got to get aggressive because your property's going to sell pretty quick." So right. this, this obviously get you pre-qualified before you even list your house. Make sure you get to go there. Once I have all that ready, then we'll we'll start looking at properties. As your house is listed, we're getting action, we're getting activity on the property. But still, we're seeing what's out there. So once we do see something and that offer is going to come in pretty quick for yours, we can tie everything together and try to uh, lock it down, basically. And as a listing agent, you can put stipulations in the contract, for instance, especially if it's a hot area, a desired area. You can tell a potential buyer or the other agent, hey, listen, you know, we're selling this house. However, we need a rent back, a rent back option. For instance, we're going to settle December 31st, but we need at least two months or three months because we have to find another location. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to rent back, then obviously we'll accept your offer. So that's one. Uh, another one would be um, just, you know, uh, giving us 90 days for closing. It's tough sometimes. Cause I like the rent back option better if I need that extra time. But uh, again, it's just being aggressive. And also as an agent, uh, what helps guys is, is good relationships. Mm -hmm. Other agents, yep. uh, co-ops, for instance. Mm -hmm. When you do good business, it, it, it's a great thing. A lot of other agents, you submit an offer, they know you, you establish a relationship there. They know you're going to bring that and get it to the table for mm -hmm. closing so they feel more comfortable. Uh, so just doing good business and establishing great relationships with other agents seem to help a lot in this market as well. Talked about a, a lot of things today. Um, if you guys have time, I definitely want to talk about we were talking about this the other day, in investing, investments, right? right. Talked about some mortgages, first-time home buyers, credit repair. But now what about somebody that wants to hop into real estate investing and has no knowledge or experience? Is it a good market? 
know, you're looked at as that salesman because people think that it's not a good market. Why are you mm -hmm. telling? But I've gotten several calls recently from previous clients of mine. It, people own their own businesses and all, and they've been throwing different um, uh, different projects. I mean, different opportunities they're getting. And and I'll sit there and I'll do the math with them and I'll say, listen, I'm I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, honest. I'm gonna act like I'm buying this property. Does it make sense? You know what I mean? I had a gentleman uh, send me something the other day. I think it was for like um, 800 grand. He was gonna buy. It was like seven units. <coughs> but at the end of the day, after the rent roll and all, it's just it was going to pay the mortgage off. But he was probably making an 800 bucks clean after that. Mm -hmm. and at that point, I was like, is it worth the headache? And then you have right. eight different apartments to maintain throughout the years. It doesn't make much sense for the cash flow. So currently, this market is tough for investments. You're mm -hmm. overpaying quite a bit. For instance, if you're looking at a duplex or triplex, something you could have bought five years ago at yeah. a decent price. And now it's outrageous, right? Correct. You're basically just covering the mortgage. You're not making much. But now you just have this extra responsibility of maintaining right. a roof, plumbing, electrical, et cetera, et cetera. And also dealing with tenants. And, and we have a few properties as well. And so, you have, especially after the pandemic, you have a lot of folks. At the end of the day, you want to make sure that the risk or reward is there for that particular property. I tell a lot of folks, obviously, if you can find something off market, that might be the best thing. Mm -hmm. If you're speaking to everybody on your block, on the neighborhood you grew up in, where you feel comfortable speaking to um, owners or people on a block who, let's assume there's an older person, you think they might be going to a nursing home or whatever the case might be, just speaking to people in general and then you might find the right property there at a decent uh, price without it getting on the MLS. Once it goes on the MLS, forget it, you're paying top out for it. You got an investor. You you don't do hard money, right? This is no. that's completely different, right? Correct. So, mm -hmm. what would you suggest for hard money? Great. So back to relationships. Mm. Uh, it comes to relationships again. My God. Yes. Um, I, All about relationships. Yeah, right. It comes down to relationships. I give uh, example. I, I established a relationship with um, some people, and uh, I got the green light, meaning I can walk them up and down the street. I think I mentioned this to you guys before. Yeah, I can yeah. walk up and down the street and knock on everybody's door, offering them 100 grand for the house. People that I use know that I'm good for it and they know, I know what I'm doing, obviously, and, and they just say, hey, if it makes sense, then we'll fund it. So, establishing relationships. So these same folks that I, I deal with, I can't just present anyone to them because there's no relationship there. So, they, and I've tried. And they say, look, unfortunately, I just I don't know this person. Yeah. I can't just put my money out there. So, um, Google, I mean, you can search and, 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 and continue looking for hard money lenders. There's a bunch out there. Some will charge you, you know, 14% interest only per month mm. and, and four points up front. What does that mean? Percent means you're paying 14% interest only on the property. So easy numbers, yeah, if you're borrowing so 100 grand, you're paying this hard money investor 1400 per month interest only. It's not affecting the principal. Uh, for a six-month period, if that's what you mm -hmm. guys uh, went on, and then they're charging you four points up front. Each point is equivalent to one percent of the loan amount. So if the house, if the property costs a hundred grand, you're paying four grand up front. So basically, this person lending me a hundred grand, he's going to charge me four thousand mm -hmm. for lending me that. Plus, he charged me fourteen hundred per month for a six-month period. Some hard money lenders actually go on the deed with you, meaning if you oh wow default, it's their property. Oh so, wow! And they'll also request an appraisal be done. Typically, someone they use just to make sure that the value's there at the property. And they'll ask mm -hmm. obviously what your what your plans are there. An investor, someone newer, um, looking to buy a property with no money. Um, if you can establish a relationship or find hard money lender, it's not a bad idea. You'll you'll use this person to get the property. They're going to make some money off of you, which is totally fine. But mm -hmm. You're going to get a decent, you're going to get a property at a decent price. And what you do at that point is you refi out. You refi out. You pay back the lender. They're happy. You got a green light for the next property, and you know you got a decent property. To Almost like the Burr Burr method, right? Absolutely. 
Buy, <laughs> buy, rehab, rent, repeat. refinance, repeat. Right, right, right. right, right. Okay, because some some hard money lenders they use the term skin in the game. They want you to have some experience, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and then, thanks for bringing that up. So obviously, some folks want you to put down maybe twenty percent of your own money into this transaction. If you have, and again, this is where relationships come to play. For instance, when I do it, they fund everything. Um, wow. I just pay for closing costs, and you're going to pay transfer tax. Uh, construction, they'll do it in ways of a draw. For instance, Fancy. in my case. Correct. They'll do yeah. phases in different draws. They'll lend you money. In my case, I typically just borrow money to buy a property and I rehab it with my own funds. But if I had to use their funds, they'll give it to me in draws. But mm -hmm. before they give you that second draw, they'll obviously send out uh, an inspector or the appraiser. Again, just make sure that the work that you put down was to be done with right. the first draw is actually done. Oh, and you have to have a GC. Absolutely. You have to, or they're so, just not going to do it. So that was that was actually my, my, my buddy's question because he's a licensed contractor. He could use his company, right, and then do it himself, right? Uh, it depends. Like, is it a conflict? He, he could. I mean, it could be a conflict of interest. Um, and it brought me, I just had a thought uh, with mortgage and financing. They, uh, they actually have a 203K loan, which is an FHA 203K loan, which is another program that, for instance, if you they find grandmom's house, wallpaper 70s 80s style old kitchen no bathroom rugs and they say hey, listen i can't live like this but they're getting probably a decent price then at that point the lenders have a two or three k option basically just a rehab loan where they'll um lend you money so typically you know there's always going to be an appraisal on every loan um if the appraiser goes out the house has to be habitable so there are certain properties that they're good properties, but maybe they're not habitable. You know, it's missing a kitchen or windows are cracked or whatever. Well, that's where these 203K rehab loans will come in. They'll lend you money to make those repairs. No, they won't just give it to you, though. You have to have that GC just like Bonnie said. Right. Mm -hmm. So now is this already on a mortgage like or... So it's an FHA loan. It's gotcha. just a 203K. Right. right. So the repair amount gets added on. So... You know, sales price is a hundred thousand. You need twenty thousand for repairs. Well, then you're borrowing one twenty. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? There's other calculations factored into that, but it's just the property has to appraise for at least that amount as well. Mm -hmm. So again, in this this particular market, tough unless you find something off off market where again it's something that needs work. Let's assume the the property's worth two hundred grand. You're getting it for a hundred. You have to update it. So let's say you got to put fifty, sixty grand in it. As long as the, the lender, they'll send out the appraiser, appraiser say, yeah, this, this neighborhood's going for 200. Okay, mm -hmm. you got you got 100,000. Typically, they'll lend up to 80% of it, I guess. So you have up to 70 or 80 grand that they'll lend you for repairs, wow. basically. Wow. So it's a good way to get a property, obviously, that needs work, but you can still get it with an FHA too. Right. Not seeing much in this current market because of everything selling, but definitely something we've done a lot in the past. Boring, et cetera. I mean, they've mm -hmm. even lend it on, uh, appliances. on appliances. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't even know that yeah. part. Yeah. You can throw that in there as well. And do you, do you recommend like to your clients home warranties? Absolutely, especially during this market where you have to buy a property. For the most part, when you're when you're up against several offers, you have to make yours look uh, as good as possible. So waiving inspections is something we always recommend a buyer do is actually do your inspections. Hey, this I'm recommending do inspections. But if you actually want this property. Most of these other offers are waiving their contingencies. So in other words, they're waiving inspections. So yeah. mm -hmm. if you were to compete, you're probably going to have to waive. However, I definitely recommend you pick up a home warranty, yeah. which obviously cover your major performance in the property for you yourself. Sweet. Yeah, I had a client that I was I was still in my first couple months, so I still had a lot of learning to do. But when I was telling this individual that we might have to waive the inspections for our offer to get accepted. They got like upset. Absolutely, yeah. They was like, "What you mean? What?" Are, uh? And I'm like, 
listen, I get it, I understand, but that's the this is what we're in right now. You know what I mean? And I think back, I watched the podcast you did with Jesse. It was phenomenal, actually, great information. Shout out to my man, absolutely, Coach. Um, what's going on, Jess? <laughs> Uh, educating your buyers ahead of time with what's going on in this particular market, what they're up against, and, and how, to, how to secure a property. So just educating them up, up front, obviously, they'll have a better idea once they, they're going in there. And you explain that to them, hey, listen, for this particular property, there's five offers. If you want to compete, we're going to have to waive. So they'll have that understanding, obviously. Got you. Seller's assist is another thing that sometimes you got to waive. You know, there's Correct. a lot of uh, buyers yeah. that they want to get the most that they can get. And we understand that. But... If you're competing, uh, you know, for a property, you may not be able to ask for that seller's assistance. That's where the brands come into play. So you definitely want to, um, yeah. and I've mentioned this to a lot of different agents, uh, educate yourself. Um, learn everything you're into this. You're only as good as the people around you. All right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the whole theme of the network yeah. is this. Right. We're, we're right. only as good as our network. Right. You know I mean? And the relationships that we build. Right. right. Yeah. Because if you got a good network. Let me tell you, your net worth is going to go up. Mm-hmm. When I started changing around the people who I hang around, my money started changing. Right. So, you know, when That's I started creating new habits, you guys get me fired up. Let's go. <laughs> We're getting real estate. Right, 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 right. But, um, but that helps when you can bank on your lender, your title, your company, and, and everything. Everybody you surround yourself with, it's phenomenal. Even that's marketing. You can get a good marketing team up, you're, you're going to do well. So, again, you're only as good as people around you. You try to do it all yourself, right. it's tough. And, but learn learn whatever your lender has offer for instance programs fha conventional va loans you know three percent five percent twenty percent down programs interest rates grants etc so when you're speaking to that potential client you're giving them good information where they can they got their guards up but now they can trust you a little bit because you're feeding some information right and then they'll 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 release some information hey you're not interested credit scores this etc etc Get them over to them, get them pre-quad and educate them and move forward. So that, that that's, uh, and you do good business. When you do good business, uh, thanks God first. It's because of him, obviously, and we're able to do well. So thank God all the yes. first. He's opening these doors and, and then you Absolutely. do good business. A lot of clients will come back and you get a lot of repeat customers, mm-hmm. referrals, et cetera. So again, thanks God. Been doing it since 08 here. And um, same office actually since since 08 and uh shout out to you and salute man that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah that's amazing I appreciate it he put in work i, w- I would yeah. know like he's doing it that's, that's right what's up. In house. yes so there she, you go yeah uh, and i don't mean to go off topic yeah. but um i was talking to you about how you got started because you was asking me Absolutely. like you know what are you doing for listing i told you i wanted to be on the listing side of things Absolutely. And he told me this great story about how he made like 30000 his first month That's and cool. blew it. Like in yeah. that moment, <laughs> he was just enjoying it and then like blew it. So that is true. My question is what tip? And you actually asked Oz the other day and I thought it was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. He said, do not fall in love with the property. Sure. When I first became an agent and I took out my clients to show them houses and stuff. I literally, I was so depressed. Like I seen the house and I was like, "This, I want this to be my house. So I started putting hours at my nine to five to get that house. And that's not how it worked. Like you have to actually get out there. And I guess that's where the fake it till you make it. Like, you know, like put on that game face, get out there and just start. You got to start somewhere. Correct. Yeah. Me, I was just depressed. I saw the first house and I'm just like, how can I be a realtor? And I live this life you know but you got grind you gotta have thick skin in this game as well right um, right right my brother I just saw him roaming the hallways oh here. leo's here he's, he's okay. here he's Shout out. my man and um <coughs> thick skin something I, i've mentioned to him as well um you're you're not gonna win everything um right 
you're going to lose clients, uh, unfortunately. Um, but um, it's kind of meaning, um, and I wanted to touch on what you just said about falling in love with the property. Yeah, I did. That was that, my downfall. That actually happens a lot, as far as, as, far as investing yeah. as well, though. I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on, on what I thought when he mm -hmm. said that. Um, when you're rehabbing these properties to, to wholesale them, getting back to that a little bit, when you're rehabbing as an investor to sell a property, um, and early on when I first started doing it, I fell in love with the property, right. meaning I wanted to put top notch mm -hmm. on everything in this property. Like if I was going to live there myself, exactly, like just go all out. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll make like, this joint. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and I'm talking about you know grade, higher grade, mm -hmm. countertop. You know, yeah, the more everything, flooring, right? Yeah, better flooring, etc. Not that I, I, I give uh, whack project, you know, whack property. I actually still do pretty well, give the mm -hmm. materials, but. <laughs> But again, you, you actually want to watch that because you fall in love with them. Mm -hmm. And you, you're basically digging into your profits at the end of the day. So if you're yeah. going to house, somebody's going to be super happy. Right. They're going to live your dream, basically. And you did okay, but you didn't do what you wanted to. Again, right, right, as far right. as rehabbing. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, just pretty standard um, standard material that everybody's using. It's still a sharp, great property. Make sure everything's up to par. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I got from that as well. Um, as far as um, this year, though, we're going to get busy. Uh, mm -hmm. All of us, you know, mm -hmm. kill it. Twenty twenty two gonna be. Guys, we just gotta stay focused and and, and, and just jump on that. I just had a conversation with you, Justin, that absolutely uh, about. Um, and I'm speaking more for an agent from an agent standpoint here, not towards a buyer or a seller. Um, although any sellers out there, feel free to call any one of us. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be happy to assist you in selling your property and getting you top down as well. Uh, but for for an agent to get busy this uh, coming year, it's a great time to start. Actually, get a get a big whiteboard. Mm -hmm. um, write your goals down. Yeah, I know you were telling me about that as well. Like writing down your targets, your goals, and like yeah. it's, it's so real. It's so real. Mm -hmm. And I was telling um shout out to my man Reyes Media right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's holding down the fort with the um, production right now. And what I was telling him was like, you know, bro, like you can really do whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. man. Like you know. Just put your mind to it and, and you know, believe it, write it down, mm -hmm. say it, yep. you know, keep saying it. And, and you know, God's going to show up. You yeah. know, um, that's right. God then brought me a whole <laughs> far away yeah, from where yeah, I was yeah. at. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but but I, I believed it. You know what I mean? When I said I was going to become a realtor, I believe. So now when I say next year I'm selling 20 houses, I believe it. Yeah. You know I have a list. So like a goal. Put that on a whiteboard. Yeah. And, and then like we discussed before, we, we'll break that down as well. And, and how to target those. So not just the number you're looking at every day, but how, how are you, what are you doing? At, um, I know that's the question you asked me. What are you doing to get those listings? Right. And I was like, uh, Yeah, and nothing. we got to get out of our comfort zone sometimes, guys. <laughs> right. Um, like right now? Yeah, so <laughs> get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. It flows naturally, as you see, after a while. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Definitely. It's, it's something you, it's in you. you live and you, right. you believe in and you do all day. And when, for instance, in your case, Bob, when you're actually starting to, Look for properties again. We gotta get our comfort zone. Whether yeah. it's getting some content out mm -hmm. on social media, um, using that platform obviously to, to gain some activity, mm -hmm. or getting some cards, uh, just so cards, just listed cards, getting them out, walking in your neighborhoods, mm -hmm. letting everybody know you're an, you're you're an agent. Right. Um, spoke to you before, Justin. I've seen it done on my block. Mm -hmm. I, other realtors selling mm -hmm. all the homes on my block. I know. How it makes me feel exactly. And I said, "Wow, that should have been me." <laughs> And again, it's my fault. I can't blame nobody else. For right, right, right. Get out there. Exactly. So that's what I mean about getting out of your comfort it's zone. It's funny. It's funny you say that because, like, my first week being a realtor, I seen a, a for sale sign on my block, and I felt some type of way. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, why are you, you 
exactly. They wouldn't have known. They should know. This is actually a great time to do it. It's crossed my mind, but I'm, I'm preaching quiet. I didn't even do it yet. So I'm thinking, wow, what could I do on my blog to let these folks know for this time of the year? You know, it's easier, obviously. If I can go and give a, a box of um, chocolates to everybody on the block mm -hmm. with a card, hey, listen, guys, just happy holidays. Right. It's from me and my family to yours. You know, I'm black, by the way. Here's my card on here. That's a good way to get out there, obviously, mm -hmm. and generate some activity. Right. Um, and people, no, that was nice. That was cool. I didn't know he was an agent. But now they know. And again, it's going to cost Not a few only bucks. That, he gave them be, chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> good chocolate, too. So whatever you want to give me, but even a note, even a note. Yeah. From your neighbor, you know, happy holidays, whatever it might be. Yeah. But again, it's getting out of your comfort zone and actually doing it. Maybe it's just being lazy. Not comfort zone. Right, right, right. Get out of that routine and actually go out and do and it. And then on the days that you don't feel like doing it, you just put on that face and go Absolutely. out there. Yeah. And you'll flow. I mentioned this to one of you guys before that in the very beginning in my career, I used to actually go door to door mm -hmm. and, and put postcards. And I liked it because of the exercise. Number one, I definitely respect the mailman's job because I've been out there doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And going up and down these steps all day is right. it's, fun. Yeah. And, um, there's my brother there. And, um, Going up and down the steps is not fun, but you actually you're going and you're targeting the clients. Now back then, I actually used to avoid confrontation. Meaning, mm -hmm. if I saw their if I saw their front door open, I would just go and sneak in. What I'm seeing, right, right. And this is early in my career, but now I actually seek that engagement. I seek that mm -hmm. conversation. I'm, oh, pardon me. I'm sorry, guys. Listen, I'm Asian. I live in the area. Um, it's funny. So the other day, um, I, I pulled over because you shouldn't text and drive, guys. Oh right? yes. And so you know. It was a long text too. I was like, "Hold up, let me let me pull over." And then I get a knock on the door, and on my window, lady's like, "Can I help you?" I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm just trying to send a text message. I was trying to be safe. I apologize." She was like, "No, you're just blocking my driveway." I was like, "All right, I'm I'm about to be out of here." So then she shuts my or I shut my door, um, or I rolled down my window, whatever I did. But I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Can I give you a card?" She was like, yeah, sure. Like, and I, and I just started talking to her. I just introduced myself. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a realtor. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a, a small company. We do um, video and photo, you know, whatever. You, and here to find out she's an event planner. So oh, I'm wow. like, That's yo, let's collab. Yes, yes. So what did I do? I got her right into my, my free CRM, which is Instagram. Mm -hmm. Took a picture and a video and tagged her. And now... Now she Look at that relationship. Now she, right? now she comments on my stuff. Like yeah. shout out. Absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? That's gonna open That's doors for you. She might have a sister. Exactly. Someone yep. else who wants to purchase a property, and obviously you're on her mind there, basically. Right. So that was a great way to actually connect with folks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting out of your comfort zone. You're having dinner at a restaurant not at countless times and, and I'm sitting there my ears are wide open so mm -hmm. I'm listening to the conversation yeah. as well right, 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 right. Right. once I hear key words hey look, we're looking to move or you know we plan to buy it's a sign so I'm getting right up pardon me guys I'm sorry I overheard you speaking here's my card mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt and, and again it's just getting out of your comfort zone right. but that's great because you might be that person that, that they have folks looking for so uh, listen man what you gotta do Woo! good stuff oh man <laughs> I got honey mustard barbecue and ranch. Where was Marco when I first signed on? <laughs> so it's 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 phenomenal, guys. It's it's doing it. But again, and again, I'm, I'm waiting a space to open up here so I can actually yeah, get yeah, in there yeah. and, and get that whiteboard up and and be here. Um, 
it, it helps when you're actually around each other, mm -hmm. motivating each other, and yeah, actually encouraging each each other to go do something. Mm -hmm. For instance, if I'm sitting down at my desk all day, feet kicked out, I'm doing it. I like if somebody comes and say, what you, what you doing? Get out there, do something. Right, right, right. Yeah, hold exactly. each other accountable, absolutely. So you'll get out there and say, okay, instead of touring my thumbs, you know, let me get out there. I mentioned that to Bobby before. Mm -hmm. like I spent hours here just doing nothing. Right. She'll be here working, but I, I have nothing on the board. And um, just thinking outside the box, what do I do? Yeah. How do I generate Next activity? time, hop on live with me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> how do generate activity? So use your... your your social platform, obviously, and your your you'll go, you know, check out a listing mm -hmm. and try to show it to a buyer, take some pictures and show this could be you. Here's this beautiful home in the area, you know. So it's just doing things like that to obviously generate activity, build up your audience. Mm. Yeah, mm. build up. It's free marketing. I know, like I know. Said. And and I'm working on that. Yeah, build up your your social audience. Yeah, free. just add a lot of people. And, and the thing about that is, like, now you're speaking my language because yeah. I'm an expert in this field. And I've been like, I'm not there yet, like influencer status. I've just been really trying to learn how to like, you know, use social media for marketing. Mm -hmm. Because as a content creator, it's like, okay, well now how do I monetize? And you see all these people monetizing the social media, but it's 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 really just this. It's it's really just being consistent and getting out there and getting on video, you know. Right. And it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, everybody here was uncomfortable today. You guys are so uncomfortable, you made me uncomfortable. But no, honestly, it's, it's, it's real, though. It's a free CRM. You know what I mean? People actually, like, people will actually come up to me and be like, and this is what helps me to just make the next post. Because sometimes it's like, I don't even want to do this no more. It's like a full-time job. But when I get those people that come up and say, yo, just man, you're you're inspiring, you're motivating. I appreciate mm -hmm. what you do. It's like okay, I'm doing the right Keep thing. Keep going, right, right, right. Because because all of us have a story, you know. Mm -hmm. And and my whole mindset is like impact over income, mm -hmm. you know. Because if I can make an impact, that impact is gonna then make right, me an right, income. Right, right, you know what right. I mean? Definitely. Um, we're all already positioned. You know what I mean? Um, but I really appreciate you guys coming out yeah. today. You gave immense value and. Mm -hmm. I know you. It explains why you're on your way to a closing. Thanks for <laughs> you know that. I mean? yeah. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, this was awesome. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Um, I know that the people that are going to see this are probably going to come to me like, "Yo, Jess, I got questions for the lender. Absolutely. I got questions mm -hmm. for Mark. Absolutely. Or hey, I need you know, I'm trying to get into investing. Mm -hmm. So like, just be ready because this is. This is just the beginning, you know. That's right. Let's keep it going and, and let's build that audience. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we're here. We're ready. And uh, 2022 is here just upon us. Yeah. So let's get rocking, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Jess. Feel free to call anyone, uh, anyone of us here and uh, we'll get you going. Let's yep. go. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you.